This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello everyone and welcome to Tampa Tandrum episode the something. I've no idea which episode it's going to be. Um, my name is Steve Layton and I'm joined by Mr Colin Harmon. Hello Colin. Hello guys, I'm it's really a pleasure to be here. Is that your Irish accent? Yeah, my... No. Damn it! Yeah, I can do a Northern Irish accent. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. I've just alienated a whole nation. I have Uh, a pot of gold in my hand. (laughs) And you've just alienated another one. (laughs) Um, This is not Colin Harmon, as you may have worked out. This is Raoul Rodas, the 2012 World Barista Champion. Yes, hello. How are you? I'm very good. Good Owner of... Paradigma Coffee. There you go. Here in Guatemala City. And general all-round douche. Uh, I mean, nice guy. Mr. Douche. Mr. Douche. Mr. Sorry. Douche. Like, have some manners, you know. I shall try my best. Douche. <laughs> yeah, douche. Uh, <laughs> as you may notice, me and Raul are quite comfortable in each other's company because we're in a car at the moment, travelling back to Guatemala City. Yeah. We're coming from a farm... Uh, Actually, pretty interesting that I that I kind of like my favorites, and it's the one that I used to, for well, the coffee that I used. Uh, it's uh, f- uh, from La Soledad. I used that coffee from competition yeah. in the world, so it's just have lots of feeling, and it's really, you know, connection between that. In Vienna. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vienna. So, like, for those who don't know you, you kind of first appeared you, did you compete 2008 or 2009 uh, my first time in, in Worlds it was 2008 yeah then to 2009 to 10 then to 12 yeah 2012 so I fir- I think I first met you in Seattle no not Seattle yeah. it was um, where was it uh, Atlanta it, yeah it was Atlanta yeah 2009 I, I remember then but so y- you were how did you get into coffee first of all I think that's the interesting part of the because not a lot of people know your backstory. Uh, I was just a guy that was kind of like looking for a job. It was kind of a boring story, but... Uh, okay, we'll move on then. Um, yeah. No, go on. Yeah, but it's just like, I actually grow in cherries, and I, I eat that every day and shit it. I'm kidding. No, uh, <laughs> uh, Luwak? No. Uh, no, but basically... Which Raul the, Luwak. With Raul Luwak, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, no, I just kind of like went on and on to looking for a job. A barista kind of shift went on. I didn't know what was it because it was barista. It was kind of related to a bar, but in coffee, bartender in coffee. Yeah. Uh, worked in a coffee, like a chain of coffee shops and worked there like for three years in a row. But got into it, you know, it just got interesting. Uh, into competitions in the competition. I won the first year in, in 2008. That got me to Copenhagen. Yeah. And from that on, it was just, you know, presented this coffee world that it's, it was so much bigger than when I thought it was going to be. So, it was kind of a time when you started where origin countries never did very well in barista competition. They didn't do very well in anything. You know, it was yeah. just, I mean, it was, it was just bad coffee and you know sugar drinks and and it didn't kind of like. When, well, I remember the, the Copenhagen, the top one, it was uh, from Honduras. Uh, ah, uh, the girl that I was married with, uh, I forget about it. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it was, 
She owns a farm in Honduras. Oh, so, uh, I know which one you mean, and I can't think Lou, either. Hawit, uh, uh, Ana Lucia Hawit. Okay, right. So she was like on, on the 12th or 13th position. And yeah. She was like, you know, it was like really, you know, good. I mean, it was kind of uh, bad. I came like 25th and and it was like really, really bad. I remember that. When you went though, what were your expectations? So when you turned up in Copenhagen, did you think, I'm gonna win this? Um, I didn't thought I was gonna win, but maybe my expectations were like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I wanna be in the finals. That's, you know, something that it's gonna happen. Not because I, because I, because at some point you're a champion and the company that I was working for, it was like, yeah, you know, you're the champion, you're the best in town. So it's just like, and you're getting this coffee. Like at at a time, I didn't know what coffee I was using. It was like kind of like dark roasted. It was just a commercial coffee. So at that point, I didn't know anything about coffee. It was just about the show and the presentation. Yeah. Uh, and I even I I remember James Hoffman. It was like, yo, James Hoffman. You know, it's just James. Uh, you know, the geeky guy that always wore glasses and you know, and vesties and. No, no idea. He was like. Some MC. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so it was like I remember that I forgot the spoons in the presentation, and I was like, I'm gonna say something funny so people don't really. Because at the time you have to deliver like the spoons. Yeah. And you have to deliver like you have to put your uh, tablecloth and everything in the 15 <laughs> minutes. So it was like not actually about coffee. No. That much. And I forgot the spoons, and I was like, oh judges, I turned my you know like kind of like that movies that you were like. Uh, like a secret story, and it's like, um, judges, the espresso is so good that I, you didn't even have to use the spoon. And I remember that everyone laughed, like, oh, what a douchebag. <laughs> so that came to the Mr. Douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Thing. That's and, where and it James, began. Yeah, James just started laughing. I was like, oh, I made James Hoffman laugh, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, 2008, you kind of get there, you, you then go home and you want to compete again. Like, why? Because like, if I came 25th in something, I'd be like, oh, screw that, I'm not doing that again. I think I actually was like that, and it was like, you know, like kind of boring. There, there happened like kind of two things. One of them, I remember a barista champion from Israel came up to me like two days before, and it was like, oh, we have uh, coffees from Guatemala, they're really good. You're just alienating Israel now as well as another nation. Well, that was kind of like Italian-Israel thing. Yeah, it was, it was a bit weird. Okay, so at some point, I liked this coffee. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he came to me and was like, oh, you have the Green Book from Guatemala and, and uh, what coffees your region is or, you know, like, he started asking me questions about Guatemala yeah. and there are a lot of co questions I didn't know yeah. about the coffee. So I was really ashamed about not know like someone else from outside the country know more than I did. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what the fuck am I, you know, it's just not... That's not cool, you know. It, I was really ashamed about it. Yeah. And the second thing is, I went to see the finals, and everyone kind of like wanted to taste it, you know, espressos and drinks or whatever. And I saw Daniel Ramheaded. I saw Steve. I, I mean, I say everyone, but and Soren and yeah. But uh, I could taste the espresso from Daniel Ramheaded from Sweden. Yeah. And I just remember it was in the Risha coffee, and I never forget it about it. And it was like the first time that I heard. This espresso, it tastes like just raw strawberries. And he pulled shots after the presentation and I tasted one. And it was like phenomenal strawberry flavor taste that I've never yeah. forget in my life. And that, that kind of kept me moving like, like, oh my God, like this is, you know, I'm not even nearly, 
you know what I've been tasting and it's not just chocolate in life in coffee yeah and nuts so <laughs> it was it was that kind of changed me I was like you know it, you can build up and do something about it I think so 2009 you came back and you won again and you went to Atlanta like what did you do differently when you went uh, to Atlanta 2009 was really horrible in a way because so at this point it was uh, third and last um, so this came up with uh, one friend of mine that was it's really amazing guy he helped me out for so many years Brent Fortune I know you yeah yeah, yeah Brent very well yeah famous Good guy I mean like he was a super judge and he helped me a lot um, so I won again the competition in nationals in Guatemala and he helped me out that you want to come to LA and you know just to I think that you could learn you know taste some coffees or whatever uh, so I went to and where was Brent working at that time he was uh, he had here own his own coffee shop called crema yeah at that point um, and you know what you uh, but I think it was just for the westerns of in uh, in the US yeah so I went to LA uh, I met Ryan Wilbur like Devin Peaty uh, Jared Truby like Chris Vaca <laughs> all these guys like it was amazing uh, they Everyone used to work for Intelligenza, yeah. some, you know, somehow, or Ritual, you know, so it was all that movement. Um, I remember Ryan, I think, or they were using a, a coffee from Huehuetenango uh, from here, from Guatemala, yeah. uh, La Maravilla, and it was a splendid, amazing coffee, citrus, and, you know, cranberry juice and chocolate, and it was, like, really amazing. I was like, how the hell am I tasting something really great outside Guatemala? It's not even, you know... Yeah. So it got me, you know, a lot of questions and explain about oh, roasting and stuff. Getting to the story, uh, came up with the company and it's like, you know what? I found a farm. I went to this trip and I found a farm that I want to work for competition. Yeah. And they were like, okay, let's find out. Uh, so I contact the producer. I got him. I got a meeting. And Jeff Watts helped me out. You know, just like because he knew him. It was like you know, Jeff. Uh, you could contact him. I had a, a dinner with Jeff Watts. At the time, I didn't know who Jeff Watts was. You know, like in the in the industry. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I, I had dinner with Jeff Watts. Like what? I was like, what? like I mean, afterwards, I read the books and I, you know, yeah. you know the legend uh, and the man. Yeah, and I, I'm so grateful with, with him at, at the same time. And uh, so Mauricio Rosales La Marvia, yeah. owner, he was like, you know what? If you want to use it for competition, I'll, you know, I'll give it away the coffee. Like I don't mind if you want to use it. I'm super happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Got into the company. I told him everything <coughs> about it. It was like, you know what? The owner of the company have an export company, and he was like, no, you can't use another coffee that is not from ours. Yeah. And I was like, why? You know, you can't. <laughs> and then if you do, I mean, you'll, we'll, we'll fire you. That's it. And I was like, what the fuck? So, uh, working this through, like, went to Atlanta and we kind of got the other coffee, but at the same point, I asked Mauricio to ship it to Intelligentsia. Yeah. Um, Intelligentsia got it. They roasted it with, like, you know, specifics they have done before. Yeah. Uh, I think Steven, like, drove it from Chicago with that coffee and delivered it to me in, in my table of the competition. Oh my god. My boss from the coffee shop from eCafe it was called that yeah. he knew I mean he didn't know so my brother and my sister kind of like hid it on the room and one night before I was going to perform I was gonna use 
like the coffee that you know the company or Fini Cafe have giving me that it was kind of like a you know middle point profile yeah uh, my boss cut into a fight into me because he was drunk and he like kind of punched me the day before oh my god so I was like I kicked him out of the room I was like you know what fuck you and you know yeah so I was like talk to my brother my sister like bring the coffee and we exchanged the coffee from you know La Maravilla into yeah. into that and uh, and I switched the coffee and the company didn't know yeah uh, I used that coffee and I kind of like you know just tasted and everything it was like really amazing coffee uh-huh. uh, and because of that I didn't say that much information about it it was just <laughs> like oh it's a La Maravilla from Wobertonang you know it just like yeah. <laughs> um, came up seventh and, okay. it was, and it was like great and everything two months later I told you know my boss you know what I did this this and this and that and you know because I did it and I'll do it again because he, he didn't let me yeah. use the coffee that I wanted so after that it was the best decision that I made uh, how still, does it feel coming seventh in the last year of not having semi-finals so? it was that must suck it was it sucked yeah and it was I was, it was I don't know it was confusing because it sucked it was like because at some point, and I think every barista feels that way, that you can actually, it's you're so close. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you should be happy about getting seventh from yeah. coming 25th. Like, you're the seventh of the world. You're like, no, this is shit. Yeah. Nothing is worth it. And then at that point, that was the last year that there were semifinals. Yeah. So I didn't have a second That's chance. Surprise, so it's yeah. like, what the, ah, oh, shit, you know. But, you know, and always you say, like, I'm not competing again. This is not worth it. Yeah. That was the time that I met the calling. Yes. Yes. And, and we were running in the bar and it was like, oh, it's your, it's your. <laughs> We were in the bar like serving cappuccinos. Oh, it's your, it's your, it's your, it's your. What? It's your, it's your. What? Yeah. So that's how I know I'm calling. To be fair, nobody in Ireland understands him either, you know, though. That's nothing to do with the Irish. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that's why I met Colleen and I liked him. Yeah. So then we go to 2010 in London, and like, it was kind of a weird show for me, just because it was in it was in England, England. and like, yeah, there was just so many people who I knew there, and and kind of things going on, and I remember seeing you there, but I don't remember. I remember talking to you in Atlanta, but I don't remember talking to you in London at all. You were just like so focused, and I think all of a sudden people were talking about you being like the potential next winner because somebody from Origins got to win at some point um, and this was a conversation I had in a few a few times on the run up to the competition and during the competition they're like oh no Raul's definitely one of the ones who could win this did you feel like that when you went when you went not to Dillard? not at all no I mean so uh, I know there's a little background but it's I think the, the reasons that got me into the results yeah um you know, I get out of the company. I was like, what do I do with my life? I still wanted to work with coffee. I need a company that kind of like sponsors me because I want to compete again. Yeah. Uh, started working with a, a company that distributes uh, Simonelli on Guatemala. Okay. So I have the accessibility of the machine, right? Yeah. Because they were sponsoring the second year they were sponsoring. Um, so I started working. I did training. I won the competition. Uh, in Guatemala, so it was the third time that I was going. But at that point, uh, Ana Cafe was helping me as well. Yeah. As a, you know, like to uh, place train, uh, accessibility to coffees. Wow. Uh, 
and they were and we were looking for you know looking like I need to choose a better coffee like I we know that it gives us good results and you know finding a coffee that we like and also a coffee that like a really good coffee so we cupped a lot of coffees found a geisha from Libano yeah Herbert Perez um, from Acatenango and it was it was wonderful it was a geisha at the same point because I was playing so much with the machine uh, it just kind of like started playing with technical stuff in the machine and I remember that uh, I, uh, I you know I talked stuff about you know the machine and I didn't quite know what was what I was doing but it worked yeah so it was lung flush in one group and lung you know and and this was on the T3s back then, wasn't no, it? No, it, was, it wasn't it was, the T3s. It was, it was before the Aurelia. The Aurelia. It was the, yeah. Yes. So of it course. was really inconsistent. The temperature at that point it helped me because I, I remember the competition. It was like I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull four shots, two with lung flush and two with, you know, just normal. So we got two profiles. And I remember I was in square mile because you were training. Like we could train there. Yeah. And I gave them like uh, James, like you know, you want to taste the espresso. Yeah, sure, you know, like, and uh, I did the lung flush, like, 20 seconds, it was like, you know you're overheating the machine? Like, he was like, his eyes were kind of, like, popping out, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, this is quite, like, different, and, you know, from that, it kind of, like, gave me, like, the confidence of, oh, maybe I, you know, kind of, like, know what I'm, like, approve, like, you're doing something right, you know? Yeah. Um... And my goal, what well, my main goal was to be on the top six. Yeah. I didn't care if I win. I didn't. I didn't care like at all. Yeah. I just wanted to be in the top six because I was seventh last year, and it was like so frustrating, you know. And I wanted to be the first, like origin country. Besides, um, at that point, it was Brazil. Silvia Magalhães. It was the one that got six. Before. Right. So. In what I year wanted, was that? That was in Hoffman's year twenty. Two thousand and seven. Yeah. Japan. Japan yeah so I mean I wanted to be the you know I wanted to be six or above that yeah you know so I, I, I wanted to be on that on you'd lie you wanted to be fifth or above that yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah 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 I but, know you, you know, know yeah you just, you just want the, a spot you know and to be that you know that you did something you know as yeah a, right yeah uh, got into the semifinals and that year was amazing because everyone from Origin were in semifinals. Yeah, so in I Mexico, Alejandro, Fabricio, yeah, yeah. and Alzia Hawit again uh, from Honduras. Wow. Uh, you know, so Colleen went semifinals, Mike Phillips. So that was a lot of people and it was like such a great thing. Yeah. Uh, when I got into the finals, it was like super shocking and it was like, <laughs> I can't believe this crap. Yeah. And into the finals, it was just like, I mean, I'm not, I have nothing to lose because my goal was to be sixth. Yeah. You know, so it's, if I if I do well, I, I'll, I'll be sixth, you know. If I do better, it will be fifth. I didn't care. So I was really focused because I did, I just wanted to do well and the coffee was good. And, and I, 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 you know, I didn't have like friends and coffee. It was just me going, you know. Yeah. Um, is that true though? Because by that time you'd been you, you'd like done the stuff with like Stephen driving the coffee up from yeah, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, it's and, not that there weren't like, my friends or anything, yeah. but but I mean it's different because my only friends and like people that I actually talked about coffee was Ryan Wilbur. Like yeah. he did my music. Uh, Emily Oak like helped me a lot in Taste the Coffee. Uh, Ania, 
Brent, like, yeah. he was always helping me and stuff. Um, so it's just, you know, different. And, and you were kind of like, you know, that kind of line, like when you talk to these world baristas, that was like, yeah. oh, you know, they have better things to do with, you know, <laughs> than talking to this douchebag, right? Yeah, um, they said that too, but yeah. Yeah. I probably. I mean, you're just recording this because you're boring. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you kind of, so you finished the was it third second? I can't remember. Uh, second. Second. Second to Mike Phillips. Yeah. Um, and Scotty Callahan was third, wasn't he that year? Yeah. So I always remember the photo of you three together. That's why I couldn't remember whether it was second or third. But next year it was going to Colombia. Yeah. A producing country. Yeah. And you decided to take a year off. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think that was an amazing opportunity. I thought, I mean, that it was four years in a row. Yeah. And 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 I thought I was like, this is too much emotional because being seventh, it kind of like it doesn't, you know, at some point it's just like ah, but it gets you emotional in a way of it just delivers so much for 15 minutes of of your life, and it's just yeah. like looking for a position or anything and I was like uh, you know what like and coming second it was happened to me the same as seventh like it was I never expected to be second yeah and at some point I was like it was it changed a lot of lives in a way that I've never thought that I will be it was the top origin at the moment like yeah. it was no one from origin being so high before and coming second of the world it's just like it's so big yeah I was like, ah, oh, shit, but I should have won, you know? So you're like, <laughs> afterwards, I watch the videos and understand, like, I mean, for sure, like, Mike, and I love him. It's like, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike totally deserved that. And you then you understand why, for, you know, then you needed something else. But um, so I took off and it was like, I need a break. I need to figure it out what I want to do in my life. Because I, I, at some point, I didn't want to become a competitor that, you just want to compete to win yeah because then if you do that a lot of people tell me it's like you're not going to win if you if you do that you know just because of winning if that becoming second that doesn't mean that you can be a good barista you're a great barista but that doesn't mean that you're going to be second again or win again like it's just not you know yes I think there's, there, there is there is that element of trying too hard like and, and people who try too hard you can see that it just it isn't it isn't flowing and it's got to be it's got to be enjoyable like I talk to Colin a lot about this and he always competes because he gets things out of it and he enjoys it it's not about the winning yeah. part of it it's like you you progress and you you enjoy what you're doing and if you don't enjoy it and it is just a I want to win I don't think that's enough yeah um, so 2011 it went to Bogota and I one of my resounding memories of Bogota was you being shouted at by the man in the audience. Oh, that was that, scary. Because you, yeah, and he was like, Hablo Espanol, Hablo Espanol. And you were like, oh my God. Like, that was my, I, I hold it up as the worst MC moment ever because I don't know how I would handle it. I um, it was super, it was weird. Because I mean, yeah, I was like MC, what, you know, I got involved into a more coffee because people from Latin America started calling me. Yeah. I went to Colombia itself and uh, MC because I speak Spanish and English and you know um, and it was and and I think they were starting to do you streaming as well yeah so they were like well you should, you should you should talk in English because you know the people from you know the 
from the web are like they want to understand what's going on you know it's just yeah. and at the same time there were people in the audience and I remember this Colombian uh, sir like screaming at me like habla espanol hermano estamos en Colombia and like he was yeah. like super screaming at me and speak Spanish I was like shocked and I was like what should I do and I just kept like kind of translating myself yeah. in, a really, in a really bad way <laughs> it was like so hello so right now there's competitor number 29 and then I repeated like el competidor número 29 which is, was like the same thing just twice and it was yeah yeah. but it was great and, uh, and then it kind of like uh, I didn't want to compete I, you know it was just and seeing Alejandro that he won yeah. it kind of like it was a weird I was super happy for him because I always I was. Well, you two guys are friends as well, yeah. aren't you? So it's... And, but at some point, like, it's just an interior way. It was like, yeah. I could have been, you know, I could have been him. And, I, and so it was like, kind of like, I was super happy for him. And at the same time, I felt that it was me. Yeah. And I was like, I should have competed. I could have won. Because now you saw it, like, possible, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Alejandro told me the same. Like, I didn't know it was possible until you got at that spot and it was just kind of like movement and uh yeah yeah did that happen so, so then you went home and decided right I'm gonna win it as well no no yeah I I I kept you know this talk about competing for the right reason yeah and I knew the possibility of not getting like getting a lower place from second it will you know kind of like being sad about it and it was like, if I want to compete, it's because I... Normally, as a competitor, you always, you know, you compete and then when they, you didn't win, you gave, they give you the score sheets and it's like, I should have done better. Or you just go out from stage and oh, I missed that espresso or that cappuccino could have gone well or better. And it's like, I want to go in a competition and walked out and just being like satisfied of what you're doing, no matter if it's good or bad. It's just like, I deliver everything that I wanted to so yeah. I think that was kind of the feeling of you know and at the time I was starting Paradigma the company the coffee roasters I was uh, working a lot with producers with Raul Perez which you know was the guy that who we've just left yeah <laughs> and uh, so I was a lot of, of transmitting what I was living and, yeah you know. so, so I remember like again, so there's always things I kind of remember about competitions like things stick out so like I always think about Melbourne and like just the gasps of Matt Perger doing what he was doing and yeah. you know I, I remember about Bogota and the guy shouting at you and what I remember I think most about Vienna was the talk about your luggage not arriving like there was so much chatter about oh Raul like he, he's, none of his stuff's arrived and that was kind of crazy the way that people rallied round and helped you get your stuff together. It was super crazy. So normally, you knew and you see a lot, a lot of baristas in competition that had happened that, and yep. you're just like, that's not never gonna happen to me. And uh, so basically, what happened it was uh, we shipped the stuff like before. The only thing that I was carried on always was my tamper, my cups, and my coffee. That was you know. On my bag, on with me. Yeah. And we shipped like DHL everything. And I was using cherries and all my ingredients, you know, cherries and stuff like that were like basic. And the stuff they were not arriving, they were stuck in customs for some reason in Vienna. And I was like, damn it, what should I do? What should you do? And uh, the coffee was tasting great. 
uh, we chose the milk and you know was, and uh, when we started looking for you know asking uh, for the organizers because I, I was yeah. supposed to be going to the first day then it was like okay we'll move you to the second day last competitor I was like okay first day competition things didn't arrive yeah and second day I was like okay let's start finding stuff and we were asking you know for stuff for the other competitors and also for buying like new stuff but it's not you know the things that you train with and yeah and they appear like 11 a.m. They called me in the no, it was like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. from the H.A. I was like, your boxes have been released. You like come and pick them up. Wow. So they're kind of like running. We didn't polish anything because <laughs> it was, you know. And at that point, I didn't expect even to go to semifinals. It was yeah. just, I I want to compete. I trained so much that I just want to compete and like, I didn't give a crap. Yeah. Uh, I went overtime like 16 seconds. Yeah. And it was like, oh. and then they called me for semifinals. I was like, what the? Yeah. I was super happy about it. So the next day I came in, and semifinals was the worst presentation that I felt in my life. Because <laughs> I was feeling so much pressure, you know, of doing it right and not when I never, I trained like so much to be in overtime and my, my, you know, the 15 minutes, it was like so tight. Yeah. That I normally finish it in 1458, and it was like, ah, oh, crap. And you want to make it to the finals at some point, so you kind of pressure yourself. And yeah, I didn't know if I was gonna go through, and I went through, and it was just like again the same thing. And I thought, I, if I had that attitude in London, that it just deliver everything that you wanted, and just like relax about it, because nothing, you know, yeah, kind of like it's gonna go well. So I remember, like, f from the, the finals, it was... I didn't see any of the competition uh, up until finals that year because we were doing a tamper tantrum on the opposite side of the oh, event. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I didn't get to see anything. But we actually finished... We didn't do anything on the finals day because we thought, nobody's going to come and watch everybody be at finals. Yeah. And uh, Nick Cho came and did something in the morning with me where we were talking about... Uh, basically running through everybody who was competing in the finals that day so we did like a, a there was I'm trying to think who the other one was it was Nick Chow and somebody James, else James I think yep. it might have been it might have been James or Steemo I can't remember anyway we talked after we finished um, Nick says why don't you come and MC the finals with me yeah, and because and, James was doing the commentary, we were doing like this sports oh, yeah, desk yeah. type thing, yeah, yeah. and they said like, why don't you come and join me and James on the sports desk thing, and we'll we'll do. And I'm like, yeah. So that was the first final I emceed. Yeah. Like the first time I'd actually WBC emceed was a fight was the, the finals in Vienna. Yeah. And I remember like Nick letting me announce the winner, and Alejandro passing the trophy across, and you, obviously you won didn't hear any of it <laughs> um, but like how was it for, like when that and the winner like how did that feel like because I mean, a lot of people listening will never have the chance to hear that the world barista champion is Beryl Rodas in Guatemala I, I don't know I had the feeling that it was going to happen like London yeah uh, I super respect Colin and I I like I admire him so much, and I think that he's he's a world barista champion. Like, not even with a trophy. Yeah. Um, and in the finals, I I mean, it was like 
you always have like it's it's the top six, you know. It's just yeah. So everybody starts calling names and calling, and there was just Fabrizio. I mean, they called calling, and it was like, what? That's not you know, because I thought he was gonna win. Yeah. Uh, then Fabrizio and I got there, and it was just like, I'm really like I don't care what happens now, because if I they don't call my name, I'll be second again. So that's like, <laughs> I mean. You know, I've not got worse. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if and then if not, I win, and it's just you know, and if you know, so it was it was just like kind of like it is so fast that you have a lot of emotions and thinkings and and at the same time like yes, I want me to call, but if not, like you you know you try to be humble about it just to be not sad about it. Mm -hmm. uh, when they call for Beast's name, I was just like, fuck, I can't believe this. Yeah. And. Uh, at some point they got and they call it in Spanish so it was a little bit more emotional yeah I think for both of us and it it just kind of like feels like a big wave world on top of your head yeah uh, and it's just it was crazy amazing and it's just like I started crying yeah and and at some point it was it kept me into a question like dreams come true and 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 then you went and, and kind of life like stops yeah because it was like I was six years of my life I was just kind of fighting and training for that yeah and and you get to that point and it was just like and there were all these baristas always telling me that you're going to be a responsible if you win like you are a role model the ambassador an ambassador of coffee and it's just like kind of like pressure into it and now it's like now what happens and now it's just it was it's shocking and happiness and and it was, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a weird, great feeling to describe. <laughs> so then you get whisked off to have your photo taken with a giant espresso machine. That must have been fun. What? Didn't you go to the giant espresso machine to have your photo taken? Wasn't that part of the thing after the after the final? They whisked you off. Oh, uh, we, we did it. I mean, oh, I don't know. No. No. No, we didn't. That was meant to happen. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah, we were told to like usher you off because you were going to go and have. They'd got this big espresso machine thing that, that one of the sponsors had done, like that was onto a truck. There are some photos of you somewhere. Uh, Jen, find the photos, will you? And send one to Raoul. But um, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, yeah. And then so, like, the show finishes. What happens then? What happens I, to I a mean, WBC champion once? It, so basically, it was just like, well, oh, the other thing that was shocking. It was like they started, you know. They chose like, well, we'll do the national anthem. I was like, what? Yeah. And personally throw me a flag. So it was really like, yeah. what? You know, um, kind of pictures and everything, but you know, Simonelli group and it was like excited family, friends. And, yeah. Um, they took me to like a press conference. There was an on top of it, I don't know how it's called, but it was a kind of a blogging or something on top of the stairs. Okay. I don't remember, I, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to let anyone touch kind of the trophy at some same same point, you know. <laughs> um, oh, and fucking Alejandro throw champagne at me. Yeah, yeah, that, that that became a tradition as well, didn't it? Super fun. Yeah. Um, so at that point, uh, oh, they took me away for, and they called me from Guatemala for like an interview. Yeah. And it was like, what? Why are they calling me? Like, I mean. I found out later on that in Guatemala, like everyone was pending about what's going on with the douchebag of Guatemala, barista. <laughs> um, and they kind of like got everyone got out and some like took some pictures. 
and then Zonka, uh, we went into a van and we went into a car, like just kind of like felt like star, like you know, just no pictures and whatever. Well, we're taking him out from the back door, and everyone, no, but my stuff, I have to clean my stuff, you know, for competition. And I was like, no, yeah. everything's clean up. I was like, no, 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 but you know, my I was worried about my stuff and like, oh, my cops, and you know, it just. <laughs> It was it was weird, funny. Um, I remember there were naked guys and bikes and women. Yeah. Yeah, on the street in Vienna. Nice. Um, got into the room and I was just keep looking at the trophy and taking selfies of myself just to, you know, because I was like. Because that's what you do every night when you get home. Anyway. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> now in the shop. Uh, but it was like it's the size of my head. Like what the fuck? You know, it's just yeah. Amazing, like looking at the name and seeing World Race the Champion, it was like unbelievable. Wow. Um, then it came up to the party, and I was like, You're supposed to be throwing the party, but I was so messed up. Yeah. Like, energy, I was super tired that I kind of like slept. Like, it was just super too, you know. I didn't make it to that party either. I ended up watching watching England in the Euro Championships and falling asleep on the sofa. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I didn't go to the party that year either. So, so what, tell me that, obviously the year of being a barista champion could go on, like there's lots of things that happened in that year and we've talked about them a few times, yeah. but give me the highlight, the best thing that being the world barista champion brought you in, in that year. Hmm. Uh, I think one of the greatest things is that you basically, uh, you travel around the world. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, Russia, I'd enjoyed like so much a trip. Yeah. Uh, Got me going to Japan, yeah. uh, Australia. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I went to Singapore. So it, I think it got me like a lot of uh, opportunities and well of perspective about business-wise. Yeah. Uh, that I, because like you kind of lost. You know, it's just like you win, and then it's just like you have the experience about others, other people that are, you're saying like you're gonna get a lot of tons of emails and stuff like that. And, and I didn't, you know, I didn't like to respond email. I still don't. Uh, I thought that was just me. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just, uh, you know. <laughs> and you have to answer properly and like write the right thing, and you know. So it's just like kind of like all the way to the place. But you were saying good stuff. So um, I think that I mean traveling a lot and going to coffee. Taiwan, I went to Taiwan, it was splendid. Taiwan's amazing. It's amazing. Like, Hong Kong as well. Uh, uh, like Taiwan and Korea are the two places that oh, just blown me away for enthusiasm for coffee. I think that every place that you go is just amazing yeah. in, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne is a city that in coffee is just, it's just wow. You yeah. know, it's just like, uh, you know, I think it's, it's just amazing kind of in different ways yeah uh, I worked a lot with uh, Simonelli as well and you kind of like know what other people know more machines and stuff and like the, that. those guys are great as well as Simonelli I yeah. mean they're just so cool to hang out with it's uh, it, it's fun work so I, like you at the time you were saying like before you went to Vienna you were setting up Paradigma so what is Paradigma first of all so uh, kind of like Paradigma broke because I won, not because I won, but because I won, I was I was starting the company, and I was the roaster, and I was the delivery, and I was the everything. Mm -hmm. So because of traveling a lot, I lost a lot of customers, and it just you know, uh, 
which I don't regret because it was important things. But um, starting came up, you know, after barista championships and stuff, and I tried. I wanted to build up again. Yeah. Uh, but paradigma or paradigm is in English that I. The idea is just to break paradigms. Every you know, in Guatemala, the paradigm is like everyone drinks horrible coffee. Yeah. And uh, there was no at the time like a coffee shop that buys coffee, specialty coffee, and sells them to customers. Or at the time, working with producers and doing processing, for example, like naturals or honeys or you know Kenyan processing or those kind of stuff, and sell them here for customers and tasting them and doing a competition kind of like run-throughs it was like half the paradigm yeah and I wanted to do something really well and I wanted to just to deliver like great coffee yeah um, so you're a, you, you started as a roastery you were roasting from your backyard yeah I was actually no before roll back a bit further actually you were borrowing a roaster because that was the first time I came across to see you I was renting a roaster I was renting a 1976 Proban that regularly caught on fire and had its own hose to put the fire out yeah I agree and when it burst into flames nobody panicked no apart from me yeah (laughs) (laughs) like they need to clean this I was like well yeah what can I do like you should stop like roasting here you're gonna get like seriously killed you, yeah you're gonna die because there's a big gas canister right where that fire is yeah. and I know gas canisters and fire don't go well together I um, agree so you ended up uh, roasting there and then you were roasting in your backyard because a guy I know yeah. kind of like you know whitey guy from England yeah kind of like gave me a roaster yeah. uh, you know mm. nobody helped me out Mm-hmm. Stephen Layton, oh. your presence yeah. from Hasbin. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. you were. I think that you were seriously worried about me to kill. Yes, you were gonna be in a suicide. Like, I, and, I, and you were. You I was know. worried you were gonna be the first world barista champion to die. <laughs> like it, 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 yeah. actually, that's gonna be a thing. I wonder who that will be. Who's gonna be the first one <laughs> to die? But honestly, I thought you were gonna be the one because I, yeah. I, I, I was there and I was just like, oh my god, this guy cannot roast like this. And <laughs> but so, but then you got the shop. Yeah. So, tw- so I, I started roasting in a house and started, you know, mm-hmm. building customers and stuff. And then we decided that I decided that I needed like kind of a showroom, you know, just to, because people wouldn't believe me. Like, oh, this is great coffee. Oh yeah, just because you're a world barista champion, you say so. Like, <laughs> no, it's like you know. Uh, and because you were buying expensive coffees, you have to sell at you know a price that is not commercial. So, mm-hmm. so let's do like a coffee shop and a cafe and try to make it as a third wave coffee. That it was there was no third wave coffee shops in Guatemala. No. Or maybe just one, but you know, kind of or two, but didn't kind of. I thought of my way of delivering it, so I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. We opened a shop in uh, what 2015, May of 2015. Yep. Yes. Uh, April. Yeah. And it kind of got well. We we moved the roaster into a, a place that it was super small, it was 15 square meters. Wow! <laughs> and we roast there, and I had the office and packed, so it was like super hot. And, um, but it kind of kept going and working, and the people reacted really well to Paradigma, the coffee shop Paradigma Cafe, because we don't serve you know mochas and chocolate or you know, which it kind of sounds weird, but it's not really. It wasn't common at that time in Guatemala. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get going, and right now we're in almost two years from now, and we just expand. Uh, 
It's the first time I've seen the new space today, which is behind the shop, so it means the roaster's moved into its like, own space, and it's yeah. it's a, it's amazing. I was like super impressed. It's, so we have, uh, so we have. First of all, we had like 40 meters. Now we have 80 meters, so it's double the space. Yeah, and it's just it's just great because it's the roastery has their own space, and we're doing workshops of kind of becoming an academy, you know, for consumers. Yeah, baristas or whatever to just give workshops. Cafe, it's a bigger. Uh, we have tons of coffee. We today we work at the same time with six different coffees and brew, uh, and we work with sixteen or twenty different farms in yeah. the year. So we're we're all like super happy about it, and where we hope that we can kept, you know, working along with people and yeah. And yeah. I think that yeah, we're we're getting into the goal that getting into a nice place when people can go and have a wonderful drink and just enjoy coffee. Yeah, no, I think you do an amazing job, mate. I mean, I think it's so difficult to um, to kind of be the pioneer. And yes, I think you're right, there are one or two places that were kind of here, but they were big organizations, you know, like I'm thinking of one in particular, you know, like the one I always remember when I came to Guatemala, Guatemala City to have coffee out was Ellen Herto. Yeah, yeah. And Ellie knows I do a fantastic job, and I'm a I'm a huge fan of their coffee shops. But you know they're a big farm. Yeah. You know, you, you're a guy on your own, kind of like doing yeah. it. And, and so that's that's the pioneering part. He's like, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm doing it this way. Um, and yeah, offering the diversity of green as well. So you know, being a, a coffee shop owned by a farm, for instance, you're only going to do your own farm. Yeah, you know, you, yeah, because you have to promote your farm yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Whereas you have the opportunity to to, to, to work with whoever you want to. Um, yeah, and it's 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 where how can people find where the shop is? So website and the address. Uh, well, go to the website of Paradigma Cafe or ParadigmaCoffee.com. Yeah. Uh, or I think the easiest way is just on Facebook. Yeah. Just Paradigma and we'll find the roastery or the cafe, it's the same spot, so. Fantastic. Um, you can find it on Waze or Location or TripAdvisor <laughs> as well, because a lot of people would come over there. Um, and it's in, a, it's in a lovely space that it's rebuilding in Guatemala. So they actually wanted to do a kind of a European, well, you're European, so you can tell me. But it's more like a walking street. I felt it was more LA than European, LA. but I, I can buy into it. I can buy into the, the, the European, if you want. Yeah, kind of industrial, if you want to put it in space. You yeah. Know? It's just... Very, very pretty yeah, part and, of town. And people, like, you're there walking, and there's, like, a, a bakery over there, and, you know, it's just a lovely place. Yeah. So we, we should wrap up because we're kind of coming up to 50 minutes and I think that, that, that and we're nearly at my hotel as well, which is cool. Yeah, um, oh, oh, we don't have gas, so we're uh, stopping here. Okay, that's fine. Um, before we finish, I always kind of like to do like a little bit of a twist or something or something a bit kind of different. So like, I'm going to chuck in a, a difficult question. Like, <laughs> over all of your experience of competing in competition, if you could change one thing out of your competitions, what would you have changed? Ah, crap. Like, maybe taking spoons up on stage could be a good one, but I'm not gonna let you have that because I've said it. Uh, ah, Jesus. I love putting people on the spot, That's, it's great. Yeah, that is not good. Uh, did you ever serve a shot that you were like, think, oh, I wish I hadn't served that, or 
not been happy with like the milk or I think that well I've, if I've changed like for a good thing yeah. and in Vienna I served a cappuccino that it, the one structure and it was like it was like 40 meals yeah it was super long <laughs> but it was like oh what the fuck I'll go with it because I didn't care it's not that I didn't care but <laughs> cut it cut it <laughs> dive <laughs> no but I mean maybe that cappuccino yeah. it was like that I think that that could be one of them yeah uh yeah. Well, listen, mate, thank you very much for this. Uh, I'm sure lots of people are going to enjoy this. And, um, yeah, people should definitely come and check out Paradigma. Yes, please do. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Over and thank out. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.